I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. From initial cuts not being quite up to scratch, to a lack of funding opening the door for some movie magic to do its thing. Each of the following entries prove that things not exactly going to plan isn't always a death sentence for a feature. Better yet, these problems actually made their films that much greater in the end. I'm Gareth from WhatCulture.com and here are 10 problems that made movies better. Number 10. Bruce has a breakdown. Jaws. It's mind-boggling to think that, for a time, the producers behind Steven Spielberg's game-changing blockbuster Jaws wanted to train an actual great white shark to be used in the movie. Ultimately, common sense prevailed and animatronic fishes were opted for instead. However, those bad boys by the name of Bruce would end up giving the director a bigger headache than he'd expected. The minute the crew plopped the first Bruce into the sea, the robotic shark sank to the bottom, a result of no one bothering to check if salt water would have a different effect on the machine to fresh water coming into the chute. Frequent malfunctions and the overall unresponsiveness of the contraptions soon forced the director to think on his feet. His answer? Rely on the audience's imagination instead. In shooting scenes of the shark picking off its prey from the POV of the terrifying fish, accompanied by John Williams' unmistakable score, Spielberg was able to simultaneously gloss over an unreliable animatronic and brilliantly build up to its eventual reveal. The guy is a master, I tells you. Number 9. Disney ordering reshoots gives us a stunning ending. Rogue One Star Wars fans were understandably a little bit worried when news began doing the rounds of Gareth Edwards' Rogue One A Star Wars Story being sent back for reshoots by Disney six months out from its release date. The House of Mouse were reportedly not happy with the first cut the director had delivered, leading to four weeks of rather expensive reshoots, largely spent rejigging the climactic third act of the feature. Though some fans were left wondering where a few of the standout moments in the various trailers for the film had disappeared to, many were too busy getting swept away by one of the finest closing stretches of a Star Wars film ever made to care about those changes. In the place of a sequence involving a TIE fighter staring down Jyn Erso, among others, a pulsating conclusion involving the heroes beaming 
the Death Star plans to the rebels, and that's Darth Vader Massacre were introduced. And boy, are we glad they were. Number 8. Harrison Ford Gets Smashed During Shooting American Graffiti Harrison Ford's ability to throw a few spanners in the works was well and truly on show during the making of one of the star's first major big screen features, playing the role of Bob Falfa in George Lucas's American Graffiti. Before shooting had even started, the actor refused to cut his hair into the flat-top style those in charge had in mind for his character. This is why the decision was made to have Ford wear a Stetson hat instead. On top of this, Ford would regularly get drunk in between takes, along with some of his castmates, something that a few of the other actors involved didn't respond particularly well to. He also got into a bar fight during the shoot too. The guy was a rascal. With all that being said, Ford's frustrating actions on and off set no doubt helped conjure up the negative feelings a troublemaking outsider entering a small town would have in real life. And had he not been a carefree pain in the ass, his performance in his breakout role may not have turned as many heads, or helped turn American Graffiti into an all-time classic either. Number 7. Marlon Brando Turns Up Overweight and Underprepared Apocalypse Now Without question, Marlon Brando was one of the finest thespians ever to grace the art form. However, by the time Francis Ford Coppola's Apocalypse Now began shooting in 1976, the actor had gone well and truly off the boil. After agreeing to a deal that would see him earn $2 million for a month's work, not to mention an additional 10% of the film's gross theatrical rental and TV sale rights, the actor eventually turned up to set looking like the polar opposite of the lean and hungry warrior Colonel Kurtz that was described in the script. Brando's weight, alongside the fact he also hadn't read the script, meant that Coppola had to think on his feet. The actor was dressed completely in black, largely down to the fact he couldn't fit in any of the Green Beret uniforms forms on set. Shot mostly in shadows, and Coppola allowed Brando to improvise his lines before ultimately feeding them back through to him via an earpiece on set. None of these solutions were Coppola's first choices going into the shoot, but the combination of them helped give Brando the platform to produce some of his most captivating work in the legendary film. Number 6. Chaotic Production Leads to an All-Time Classic Blade Runner The odds seemed to be stacked against Ridley Scott's Blade Runner before the film had even made it into to cinemas around the world. The leading stars Harrison Ford and Sean Young were constantly at odds with each other. The crew and Ford frequently clashed with Scott, and the director nearly passed upon the project altogether to direct a Dune feature instead. The shoot itself was also long, with a staggering 50 nights spent shooting in the pouring rain, and they regularly ran late. On top of this, the fresh director went over budget too, much to the annoyance of some important studio folks, which only added to the stress and overall bitch of a shoot as Ford fondly refers to it as. Had Blade Runner not had to overcome studio interference, warring castmates, a crew on the edge, and the director trying his best to handle a ship he probably wasn't ready for, fans probably wouldn't have gravitated towards the film that reveled in its imperfections quite like they eventually did. Blade Runner was a beautiful slog in the end that now boasts seven different cuts, but we wouldn't have it any other way. Number 5. Doug Ray Scott drops out as Wolverine late in the day, X-Men. Up until around three weeks before shooting was set to get underway for Brian Singer's first X-Men movie in mid-1999, Doug Ray Scott was set to don the legendary Wolverine's claws in the first live-action adaptation featuring the mutants. However, due to some scheduling conflicts with Mission Impossible 2, Scott was forced to back out of the project late in the day. So, faced with the dilemma 
of starting shooting without a star to play one of the most important characters in the entire movie, Singer opted to bring in Hugh Jackman for the role. Russell Crowe, upon being the first star offered the part, had actually recommended his Australian buddy as an alternative for Singer before Scott had been decided on. Thankfully, Singer heeded Crowe's recommendation at this late stage, and Jackman would go on to become synonymous with the routinely mesmerizing character of Logan slash Wolverine, after his stellar debut showing in the game-changing first X-Men flick. Appearing in a whopping 10 X-Men movies over the course of nearly 20 years in the driving seat, never has a last-minute casting change paid off quite so well. Number 4. Lack of money to shut down streets leads to cinematic gold. Midnight Cowboy Shooting on a rather tiny budget in comparison to some of the biggest spectaculars of the time, John Schlesinger had to regularly improvise in order to pull off a number of the scenes that go down in 1969 drama Midnight Cowboy. But he was brilliantly able to do exactly that, and arguably the film's most iconic moment was actually born out of the fact that production couldn't afford to shut down an entire street while shooting. So this meant that the crew had to capture the scene involving John Voight and Dustin Hoffman strolling down a New York City street as genuine traffic went zooming on by. However, as the pair were immersed in their characters and locked into a conversation about women who pay for sex, a very real taxi almost collided with the actors as it attempted to beat the light. Without skipping a beat, Hoffman slammed his hand onto the bonnet and very nearly uttered the phrase, hey, we're filming a movie here. But instead, the in-character performer yelled, hey, I'm walking here, infusing a piece of cinematic history into the feature in the process. Number three, terrible response to crappy CGI forces a rethink. The closing stages of Wesley Snipes' first outing as the vampire-hunting Blade in 1998 sees our titular superhero battling against the film's big bad Deacon Frost in an epic sword fight. However, had the studio not decided to test the original ending on audiences beforehand, we likely wouldn't have ever got this stunning duel of the blades. Instead, the feature would have likely gone down like a lead balloon thanks to some god-awful visual effects. In said original conclusion, Frost turned into a pain bad CGI tornado of blood, a move which sounds as dreadful as it looked back then. Upon receiving the feedback of just how unforgivably bad said effects were from test audiences, the filmmakers gave up on trying to bring their CGI baby into the world, and opted for the now-cherished sword battle instead. The film left audiences with that swirling mass of bleeding badness singed into their brains. Blade would likely have been laughed out of theatres all around the world, and most definitely wouldn't have left people clamoring for a sequel in the future. Sword fighting good, blood tornadoes bad, very, very bad. Number two, Harrison Ford's illness leads to a genius alternative, Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's got to be said that a number of legendary moments often spring to mind when the words Indiana Jones are thrown into a conversation. There's the obvious boulder boasting opening of Raiders of the Lost Ark, the minecart chase in Temple of Doom, and the outstanding flying saucer moment in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Okay, maybe not the last one. Yet one of the franchise's truest standout moments wasn't initially part of the plan, and actually came about due to a few issues Harrison Ford was having with his bowels. Before the star had succumbed to dysentery on the set of Raiders, the original idea was to shoot another epic fight scene involving Indy battling against a sword-wielding foe with his whip. Feeling as though his insides would likely explode in the process, though, and not seeing the point in adding yet another drawn-out fight sequence 
sequence, Ford suggested he just blasted his foe with his gun instead. Sure enough, Steven Spielberg was thinking the very same thing. And a quick blade flourish and pistol draw later, Ford was free to return to the toilet seat. Number 1. Bruce Willis' exhaustion leads to meteor roles for side characters, Die Hard. Alongside Alan Rickman's outstanding turn as the despicable Hans Gruber, it's hard to imagine Die Hard going on to become the iconic success it did without the career-making work Bruce Willis put into making John McClane the sort of hero people could actually relate to. However, the star was originally set to do even more of the heavy lifting upon signing on to star in the feature. With Willis coming straight off of shooting TV sitcom Moonlighting, finding time to film Die Hard due to his co-star Sybil Shepard becoming pregnant, the star was said to be exhausted. So director Stephen E. D'Souza made the decision to beef up a few of the other supporting characters in an effort to preserve his leading man as much as possible. This meant the likes of limo driver Argyle, sleazeball Harry Ellis, and everyone's favorite sergeant Al Powell were rewarded with a bit more personality and screen time, a decision which added even more rich on-screen brilliance to a film that already boasted two scene-stealing personalities. It was just the gift that keeps on giving. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.